Welcome to the Imperfect Church Podcast, a podcast for the imperfect church and the imperfect pastors that lead them. I'm Ryan Reed. And I'm John Martin. And we want to express our thanks for all the encouraging feedback we got. Uh, we, we couldn't have picked a better week to release. Absolutely. July the 4th. July the 4th. I, I hope everybody was watching Joey Chestnut eat 74 hot dogs in 10 minutes and listening to our podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but we learned a lot. Uh, we had some. Uh, we found out that we we say absolutely a lot. Um, we found out that John likes to say that's terrible, and we found out that I can't pronounce even my own name correctly. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's true. It was uh, it was good. Lots of positive feedback. Some uh, constructive criticism from our friends. Much needed. Uh, I Abs- would say absolutely <laughs> much needed. We needed we. Uh, I, I, someone asked me why I did a podcast, and I said because my self esteem was getting so high, I needed some people to knock it back down. Yeah, good uh, criticism though. I mean, people helped us out. That's a lot. right. Absolutely. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, all right. So uh, we are excited about our show today. We have a special guest with us, uh, Doctor Brian Rushing from First Baptist Church Newton, is with us today to talk about VBS Vacation Bible School. Welcome to the podcast, Brian. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, so, Brian, tell us about yourself. Do you pastor an imperfect church? I do pastor an imperfect church. First Baptist Church of Newton is an imperfect church with an imperfect pastor. With an imperfect pastor. How long have you been pastoring at First Baptist? Uh, nine years. Nine years. And uh, do you like VBS? Man, I love Vacation Bible do School. Do you la 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 va 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 VBS? I do la 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 va 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 VBS. Got a little confused there, huh? Yeah, y'all y'all don't know anything about Jeff Slaughter, do you? Yeah, absolutely. VBS was a big part of my life. It's been a big part of, I think, all of our lives. It's a big part of Southern Baptist life in general. Yeah, it is. I um I have a little bit of research here for you guys. Lifeway Research, along with Lifeway Kids, asked 1,200 American adults if they attended Vacation Bible School while growing up. So out of out of the 1,200, 60% of American adults say they attended Vacation Bible School. Pretty phenomenal. That's that's uh nearly 60%. That's crazy. It is. It is. I mean, you just think about the adults that are in your community, the majority of them, greater than 50%, mm-hmm. have attended Bible school and heard the gospel, right? Right, right. Uh, so I, that means 60% had stale cookies and watered down Kool-Aid. I mean, uh, that, that's that's that, that, that's childhood though, right? It is. Those have favorable impressions. So uh, we look back on them idyllic, uh, you know, have these idyllic ideas of them. And that really sets the church up Um a great opportunity to reach into our community. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. And that same research, nine out of ten of those adults have positive mm. memories yeah. about participating in vacation Bible school. It's mm. pretty phenomenal. That is. I think those stats right there just tell you it's necessary. It's needed. It's needed if ninety percent of yeah. the people and sixty percent of the population attended. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. What what other aspect of the church is going to get 90% yeah. favorable, favorable right. approval. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would say none. Not, not, not 90% of church members That's right. yeah. favor <laughs> anything, right? So before we really dive down deep into uh, our VBS discussion, uh, we just asked our listeners to give us some, some favorable memories of VBS, uh, maybe some disfavorable memories of VBS, and I think we got some really good ones. And so I, I just want to read, this is, a, this is from... One of our podcast listeners, uh, he said one of the worst VBS memories uh, they had was on their first day involved a missing child, a stolen phone, the power going out, 
and no air conditioning. Our weekend concluded with a volunteer spanking two kids that weren't hers. So then we had a child abuse situation on our hands. Uh, yeah. uh, We've so, all been there. I mean, right. had the kid that we wanted to spank. That's right. Oh, yeah. Uh, had the kid that we probably did spank, right? Um, uh, that's. Uh, I think we all can live those uh, nightmare stories. What's interesting to me about a lot of the comments on uh, on Twitter and Facebook were that they centered around what we ate. Yeah. It's fascinating to me that like people remember what they ate. None of us can recall any of the themes. Remember what we ate. Isn't that something? That's great. So, um, That's... Another another interesting statistic in this study. Now I'm going to be done with stats. Is that okay? I guess, I guess so. I'll go back to the good memories. Yeah, I'll give the... a good memory. There's a bad one. <laughs> but the, uh, the reasons why children attended uh, vacation Bible school. So uh, here they are. The first one was... My immediate family attended church. So you had your church kids, right? Uh right? The second reason was the church was in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So whether it was through a bus ministry or the kids just walked to the vacation Bible school. And the third one was I was invited by someone other than my family. So Mm -hmm. you either had those that were a part of the church, those that accidentally stumbled in the church, or those that that were invited. And that makes up to 60% of Americans who attended vacation Bible school as children. So it helps us see where our work is, where our labor should be, mm-hmm. right? We need yeah. to be bringing those people in our neighborhood, but also uh, reaching out and bringing those kids uh, into our into our vacation Bible school. So a positive example. Of a positive Bible. example. Uh, you know, we, we, we're going to laugh, and every one of us has funny VBS memories. Uh, but this is what, one of my favorite best memories of VBS. Uh, one of our listeners said that there was a little girl who was struggling to learn the moves one year, uh, turns out she was legally blind and had decided she wasn't going to perform for parents. Hashtag not okay. Mm. A few of us youth girls took her to the nursery during music the next few days and taught her one of the songs. Her mom was in tears happy. It was great. And then she said, I got invited to her birthday party. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and good that's stuff. the church, right? Right, um, absolutely. VBS, I think, can bring out the best and worst of the church. Yeah. And so we want to we wanna just kind of talk about how we do that well. So... Brian, tell us one of your best or worst memories of VBS, whether when you were a child or while you've been pastoring. Whew, I don't know. Um, so probably uh, I think about even this year, the Vacation Bible School memory verses that, that we do and watching children mm-hmm. learn the memory verses and come up to share them. Um, we usually have some motivational aspect of, you know, uh, helps with the offering or something along those mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. And uh, gosh, the blessing of uh, these children coming up and trying it and messing it up and then trying it again and say, well, I'll have it better tomorrow. Uh, and then, but goodness, that just blesses my heart whenever uh, you see people excited about learning a memory verse and, mm-hmm. uh, and sharing it with somebody else. Yeah, that's good. I wonder, Brian, how you guys structure your vacation Bible school at First Baptist Newton? Do you do it in the morning? Do you do it sure. at night? Do you do, how do you structure it? Yeah, so we still do a morning vacation Bible school, and uh, we, we do the rotations. Uh, so we have, a, we have an opening ceremony um, where we gather everybody together, get everybody excited and uh, riled up for, for the day, uh, and then and sing the songs get, and get, get things kicked off. Then we rotate into Bible study, missions, uh, crafts, uh, Music class and uh, and recreation. Do so. you guys remember the uh, the 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 
chords that they play Stand in Bible up and school. sit down chords. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? No, are you uh, old enough? That's past my time. Yeah, know. so there were chords that you knew that this chord meant stand or this chord mm-hmm. meant sit. Wow. Yeah, it's how you knew to stand up. We need yeah. to resurrect those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder how many people that, uh, you know, especially in the rural, Ryan, yeah, I can't say in, that. in the rural south are that. able to do their Bible schools in the morning, like what you're saying in daytime. We do ours in the daytime as well, but I think in our area, there's probably only three or four churches that do it that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, you guys yeah, probably we, do it at night. We do ours at night. Uh, we're a smaller church, uh, and one of the, uh, just to brag on our church, and this has nothing to do with me, before I got there, uh, one of the past uh, pastors had just challenged the, the men in our church that VBS was not a woman thing, mm. and they needed to be there and help. And so... When we have VBS, our whole church comes out, yeah. and our men are there, and and they're 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 a visible uh, kind of reminder to our children that that church is not just a feminine thing, and so they're helping, they're uh, they're running the games, they're getting you know they're they're getting water thrown on them, they're right. helping with taking out trash and helping with the snacks and everything, and so in order for all of our church to be there, uh, we do it at, at night, uh, where yeah. most of our our church are, are able to do. And that. you know, I think those those churches that do it at night use it as a fellowship time mm-hmm. for their congregation yeah. mm-hmm. the examples that I've seen so their churches are cooking supper for the kids that are there right but they're also cooking supper for themselves so it's basically a five night you know come and all eat together I think that's a great a great option for churches and uh, kind of makes me envious of that yeah, I, I, you know, we like I said, we still, and when I say we still do it, it's just because we've been doing it that way for many years. But we've we've toyed with that idea, and one of those was because I I heard uh, a woman who was in a church that had just moved to the evening format, and she said, uh, "I have gotten to participate in Vacation Bible School for the first time ever as an adult leader. Um, I've always been envious of those who were able to." lead the children because I love children, but I work during the day. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it's opened up for me to be able to participate in vacation Bible school. And, you know, not spend a lot of time laboring on this, but we also have some churches in our association. I know that do Bible school, like on Saturday, mm-hmm. all day on Saturday. So they'll mm-hmm. cover those five yeah. days from eight until five on a Saturday. You yeah. know, I think whatever works for your context That's is right. what you need to do. And, and, and that leads us, that leads us into looking at this, uh, this, this topic specifically as vacation Bible school, which is good for our churches, mm-hmm. but you know broadly, uh, the greater heart here is ministering to our children. Right. Uh, that's to me seems to be uh, the obvious can- uh, command throughout Scripture is you know pass this on to your children, mm-hmm. teach your children, talk about it as you go, uh, you know put it as a as a sign before them always. Uh, that, yeah. That's that's the command, and that's what we're trying to live out. Specifically through Vacation Bible School, but for another church, it may be a a, a day event, right? Uh, or or just even in the regular practices of grace throughout your church, mm. a specific emphasis on ministering to children. Yeah, yeah, and we can't we can't lose that. You know, no matter how many children we have, mm-hmm. if we have five children on Sunday night, or if we have fifty children on Sunday night, all of those need to be invested in. So. Which you know that leads us a perfect transition because we are known here at the Imperfect church podcast at Perfect Transitions, into uh, our segment, Dead yeah. Men Talking. Uh, and this this week's uh, Dead Men Talking comes from John Wesley, uh, the founder of Methodism. John Wesley was known for his emphasis on, on ministering to children. He, he, he and discipleship in general. Discipleship in general. And yeah. so uh, this quote comes from his advice to Methodist ministers of what their responsibility is in ministering to children. He states, 
Whereas there are ten children in a society, we must meet them at least an hour every week, talk with them whenever we see them at home, pray in earnest for them, diligently instruct and vehemently exhort all parents at their own houses. Some will say, I have no gift for this. Gift or no gift, you are to do this, or else you are not called to be a Methodist preacher. Do it as you can, till you can do it as you would. Mm. Pray earnestly for the gift, and use every help God hath put into your way in order to attain it. Preach expressly on the education of children when you make the collection for Kingswood School. Man, that's good. That's convicting right there, right? Oh, man. I I mean, I, I think all of us will say... I'm not gifted in this area or I'm not gifted in that area. And John Wesley just says, that's fine. Pray until you get it, right? <laughs> especially with children. You know, pray until you get it. And God will soften your heart for those children. Uh, that's pretty powerful right there, which I think lays a burden on us as mm-hmm. pastors, even though none of us are Methodist ministers. But uh, it, it lays a, a burden on us what our role is in Vacation Bible School. Yeah. So what what is the pastor's role? How involved is he in the planning and the implementation of Bible school, if at all. Mm-hmm. Uh what what do you guys think? What's the what's the role of the pastor based on this this thought right here by John Wesley? What's the role of the pastor in vacation Bible school? Uh, I would say I think the role of the pastor is is certainly to be present, uh to certainly be able to be connecting with children. Uh you know, he's talking in that quote about our role to to minister to children. And and we do that with our Sunday school classes, and we do that with our music programs, and we're, we're talking about today about doing it with Vacation Bible School. But in what way are we investing in children as pastors? Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy to say, well, my role is to the adults, the, the adult congregation. I have a youth minister to handle the youth. Yeah. I have a children's minister to handle the children. Mm-hmm. I have a senior adult minister to handle the senior, whatever age group divisions you have. But I still think there's a huge role for the pastor to have a specific ministry in the life of the children, that they see him, they know him, they're connecting to him. And I think that goes into Vacation Bible School as well. Yeah, so what you're saying is that the the pastor's role is more of a presence in Vacation Bible School than it is a planner. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I would say I would say certainly, depending on the situation with the church, the, <clears throat> the pastor may have to be more involved. Yeah. But certainly if you have a, a great team, um, and so I've picked on Ryan at times about him, but he's got, a, I understand, a great oh, leader yeah. who yeah. who takes it on and, and runs with it. Mm-hmm. And so it takes it off of his shoulders. Uh, so those types of things lets the pastor then just enjoy being with children yeah, and, yeah. and float around and interact. And I, and think, I think that's important because in the past, I think the pastor has been seen as the principal, you know, <laughs> the school principal. Sure. You don't want to get sent to the pastor's office. Right. Uh, and I think there needs to be kind of this shift from the pastor as the prime uh, disciplinarian to the pastor as, hey, this is this is your friend who's going to introduce you to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I think too, you know, we we have to be conscious in that that our presence makes a difference in the lives. Mm-hmm. Of, I mean, I remember. I was saved through the ministry of Vacation Bible School. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the night, Thursday night or whatever whatever night it was, you know, there's always a night mm-hmm. that right. you share the gospel, was uh, I was convicted of my sin. Yeah. And I remember going to my, my pastor, Brother Keith's office mm-hmm. that night after I made that decision and sharing uh, with him the decision I had made. And, and I think, you know, his presence there 
obviously made a significant difference in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, certainly anybody could have shared the gospel with me. Right. Right. And I could have shared that with anyone. But the fact that the pastor cared enough to be That's present, right. to yeah. be there and mm-hmm. to yeah. listen to me, me sitting in his office, you know, that was a big deal mm-hmm. to me at that time. So I, I think, I don't think we can, uh, I don't think we can forget the role that we play. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's easy to minimize our role and yeah. and say, well, everybody's taking care of vacation Bible school. I can be in my office. I'll be here at at the church in case there's a problem and they need right. to send someone to the principal's office. Yeah. But I'll just be in my office working on sermon prep or doing other things uh, versus being out there with the kids and laughing with them and stepping into their music class with them or, yeah. or doing the, the hall, right? doing the moves. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And here's an, an, an admission, you know, I'm an imperfect pastor in this area. You know, this is not an area that I've been really active in, but, mm-hmm. uh, but I see, I see a great need mm. to step up my game. Yeah, step it up, stepping up my <laughs> to game. the streets. I'm stepping up my VBS game, yeah. Ryan. Well, you know, I think, uh, I think this is a good week for us to be fools for Christ's sake for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, I think there's, a, there's obviously a fine line of, of, of being uh, a disruption. But I think, yeah. hey, the, the, the kids need to see you sit Indian style on the floor with them yeah. and listen to the missions. They need to see you. Uh, play basketball with them. Uh, they need to see you do the silly lifeway moves with them, <laughs> and that, that's that's humbling for us, right? Yeah, um, yeah. We 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 have um, gone through uh, all the education requirements to lead a church. Uh, we I don't know if you, if you're uh, I, I'm the youngest one here, and so most of what I'm trying to do is trying to uh, make sure that even though I'm young, that our church seeds me as, as, as a leader and not as a, another youth, right? Right. Uh, and so this is kind of the paradox of we want our children to see us as people, yeah, yeah. not as uh, just the profession or just as the pulpit. Yeah, yeah. That's right. to be approachable, to, to right. know that they're yeah. loved by their pastor mm. and he's not just someone who is untouchable. He, he doesn't have the scowl on his face all the time that's watching out for kids mm-hmm. having fun, mm-hmm. um, but rather that he enjoys having fun with them. I, you know, we have our mic set up with a ton of books that we're, that, that are at the association <laughs> office because, you know, we're high class here. One of these books is uh, Anne of Green Gables, which my wife had me read with her and Anne mentioned several times in there when she's talking about the pastor, uh, she makes some comment like, I can't ever imagine him as a little boy or the pastor's wife. I can't imagine her as a little girl. Uh, and I think that's helpful for our, for our, our kids when they can say, Hey, you know what? He used to be a little boy too. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He knows what it's like to sit in VBS and eat the, mm-hmm. eat the cookies on the finger. You know, <laughs> yeah. I think that's good. I think that helps us. Maybe that's incarnational. Yeah. And that what yeah. Jesus yeah. does for yeah. us. Incarnational right. ministry. That's right. Yeah. So are we going to meet with our children at least an hour every week and talk <laughs> with them? Hey, John yeah. Wesley was rigorous. Yeah, he was. And I think we see the fruit in that. Of course, John sure. Wesley was a discipleship-minded yeah. guy. Yeah. I'm talking about in every, not just in for children, but in every aspect of his life, he was concerned about small group discipleship relationships. Mm-hmm. And so it's no surprise to me that you see him implementing that inside of his children's ministry as well. Mm-hmm. Now, how that plays out in our lives, I'm not real sure. But, yeah. Uh, but it's something we need to think about. And I think even even as we move in a moment towards following follow up. I mean, follow up for my own vacation Bible school kids that are in my church. Part of that is walking to their Sunday school classes on Sunday morning and yeah. just st- stepping in their Sunday school classroom and and checking on them and giving them a high five and talking mm-hmm. to them and asking them a couple of questions. Yeah, uh, yeah. But just trying to to 
to find ways to continue interacting with them. And so I, I don't have one hour a week that I'm sitting down with right. the children, mm-hmm. but I do interact with them in their Sunday school classroom when they're yeah. getting dropped off and about to go to music class, uh, or they're going to go to, uh, to, to our children's feature in the, in the sermon, uh, in the, the, the evening worship service. Uh, those are all aspects of trying to stay connected to our children. Before we go in the follow-up, let's, uh, let's take a break here for a book giveaway, Ryan. Right. So uh, we at the Imperfect Church Podcast believe in reading, and we uh, believe in you, dear listener. And so we want to encourage you uh, to win a book from us. Uh, we love book giveaways. And so we will be giving away a copy of The Imperfect Disciple by Jared Wilson. Yeah. Good book. Good book. And so how can you win that book, you ask? Well, Go over to our Facebook page and like our Facebook page, uh, follow our Twitter account, and we will be uh, putting all those followers, all those um, Facebook likes into... Likers. Uh, likers, those likers. Uh, uh, we will be putting those all into a hat and drawing a name, and we'll have our winner from that. So, so you even have, if you liked it last week, that's even right. if you followed us last week, you're in it. That's right. And so we also want to encourage you to share our page, uh, to share that. And uh, the uh, that will increase your chances on winning, and we will have a winner for you uh, when we release our next uh, episode. That sounds great. Good deal. All right, back to VBS. So we're talking about follow-up. So um, when I was growing up, the pastor had at least one definite role, and that was the gospel presentation. Uh, and so I remember uh, Brother Max Walker getting his gospel track, and he would go through it. Uh, and then, you know, we'd be open to come talk to him, come talk to our teachers about that. So what do you do, uh, Brian, you're at First Baptist, uh, you do your gospel presentation. One, how do you deal with uh, decisions? And then how do you deal with follow-ups, families that visit VBS for the first time? Yeah, so uh, I would say because we're an imperfect church, not well. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that seems to be a theme for us. It's, you know, again, we, you, we do have more children attend Vacation Bible School, as we talked about before, mm-hmm. than any other time. Yeah. And therefore, it does become uh, administratively difficult to, mm-hmm. to follow up with every single family. But it is, I think it's, we have an opportunity. It's a great opportunity to, to step up and do a, a better job in regard to uh, follow-up. You know, John talking about stepping up in yeah. regard to, to his role. I think that's something we have to step up and do a better job of connecting back with those families. You know, I think this is why back in the day we had commencement. Yeah. You know, we don't, we we don't do, do, we don't do commencement at First Baptist and Union. We're and still what, Christians. Yeah. <laughs> we do it. So what that does is that prevents us from seeing mom and dad. Yeah. Because at commencement, yeah. for the most part, mom and dad show that's up. That's right. And and you at least get to meet them and say, hey, little Susie made an indication she want right. to follow Jesus. You guys have a church and that sort of thing. And when you take out commencement, then you take out that opportunity to meet them, unless you're very intentional in going to their homes and right. making door to door visits, right. you know, right. and that sort of thing, which we do not do well. So, you know, for us, if a kid makes a decision. Uh, I follow up with that with that child's family the best that I can based on the registration form and the right. phone number that's on there. Sometimes they call me back, sometimes they don't, you know, kind of deal. But uh, I I really think and uh, my vacation Bible school 
uh, people will hear this for the very first time, if any of them listen to this podcast, I think we need to get back to the to the commencement. Yeah. I think we need to get back to the calling everyone together right. again. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and we do that. And uh, I know uh, one of my brother-in-law's, uh, he does the gospel presentation at the commencement. It's a great idea. Uh, and I think it is too. I, I try a little bit myself. The problem is that our commencement is uh, roughly an, an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have all the kids sitting in the middle and they are, they're kids. So they're fidgety. Right. Uh, they're parents. It's, you know, it's maybe getting warm in there. We've got food we're waiting on. And so when I come up, it's been an hour. And so I'm able to give a brief gospel presentation. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe there's a better way of doing that. Maybe maybe we begin with a gospel presentation. Um, maybe we do less of uh, less of a recap of what's gone on that week. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think being intentional. I mean, I, I just think we have to on the onset of planning vacation Bible school. We need to intentionally understand this is about evangelism. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at if you look at the purpose of vacation Bible school from the very beginning, it was evangelism. Right. It, it was evangelism, and that's what we do it for. It's why you guys do mm-hmm. it. And so, you know, not having commencement or not sharing the gospel mm-hmm. at commencement yeah. kind of means you're not fulfilling the purpose of what, you, what yeah, you're doing absolutely. it for. And so uh, you just have to be more intentional about that mm-hmm. follow-up because yeah, it's I, critical. And, I, you know, I think just as we, we as pastors are, are thinking about the end of our service, the end of our invitation or response time of a message. We need to do the same thing with Vacation Bible School. Are we yeah. thinking about the end result at the beginning? And how yeah, we're we, not. And how will we do that? Yeah. We're just trying to get through the week. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, sometimes you, By you Thursday, joke. Yeah. Yeah. You joke about the Kool-Aid and mm-hmm. cookies that you put on your fingers. But man, how many of our churches focus more on what we're going to eat mm-hmm. than the message we're going to share? Yeah. Which goes back to, I said, the the majority of our comments on Facebook and Twitter were what we ate and what we drank. Yeah, you know, and that and, and it's because a lot of times that's what we're focusing on. Fo- I mean, we're we're, fo- we're more focused on the decorations, right. I'll say, mm-hmm. than we are making sure the gospel is being preached and we're following up with those children. And that's really a shame. And, and maybe the follow up begins before commencement. Maybe it begins yeah. uh, before that week. You know, you talk about the registration forms. We do pre-registration. Yeah. Uh, and we're a smaller church. I know y'all do pre-registration. Yeah. Y'all probably have a, a better way of doing that. But what if we start with pre-registration, praying through the names of these students, yeah. sure. praying for their families, and then all throughout the week, you know, we, we always talk about, hey, come out to VBS. If you haven't signed up, yeah, we're going to put you somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we've got several senior adults that they're not able to help with snacks. They do the best. Uh, they're not able to help with crafts. They're not able to do the water games. And so uh, why don't we have a prayer closet? Why don't we mm-hmm. have a time where, hey, we want you to come in and pray for 10 minutes for these students. Here's That's the good. registration forms. Pray through them. That's good. That's good. Hey, before before we move on to uh, to our next segment, I, I want to say something about registration because we did something for the first time this year. Uh, we did online registration through our website. How'd that work out for you? Well, I'm going to tell you. We had 120 kids register through for Vacation Bible School. 70 of them were done online. Wow. So out of 120, 70, that's half, I mean, in union math. Yeah. So about half, about half of the children were registered online. Wow. through, And we're just sharing it through our Twitter account, right. our Facebook account. 
but it, to me, it just shows uh, parents are looking for the ease of registration. Yeah. Right? So I mean mm-hmm. that, and it's not real hard to do. No. Uh, to Google do Forms. Yeah, yeah. Google Forms is uh, it's a great. way They don't to do pay that. me anything to mention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, I just think when you think about registration, and two, when it's online. Yeah. You gather all that information forever. Right. Those registration sheets from 2016, mm-hmm. we have no idea where they are. Yeah. But the online registrations that we had from Bible school this year, we'll always have them, right? Because they're out right. in Google land right. somewhere. So, Good point. So, Brian, put on your um, imagination time hat here. And you are a pastor at an established church. Uh, First Baptist Newton has a rich history. He's been around for a while. Um, but what would you say to the non-traditional church pastor, maybe the church planner, um, maybe the church revitalizer, maybe the smaller church pastor that doesn't have the resources or traditionally has not been able to do VBS, how would you instruct them in this area? Well, again, I think I would go back to some, what we've kind of talked about with John Wesley, and that is be intentional to have some impact in children's lives. And the fact that uh, even the statistics indicated that parents are looking for some place to send their children during the summer. Yeah. Um, whether that's on a Saturday, whether that's on evening times, whether that's on on the daytime. Visitors babysitting. Hey, BBS. Uh, we, yeah. yeah. Hey, one it, of the one of the okay. options on the statistics that I didn't share it with. Why Why were you sent to Bible school? Yeah. One of the choices was it was. It, it was inexpensive daycare no doubt. Yeah, for my children. Right, absolutely. No so. doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, think, I think our parents are looking for those types of opportunities and in our community. And so uh, the non-traditional pastor, even if they're not going to do a, a, a traditional vacation Bible school, provide some avenue for your church to connect with children in the community yeah. uh, in, a, in, a, in an event form that will draw them in and give them a positive experience with the right. church. And I think that's that's so crucial to our churches is is our churches have to be multi-generational. So we've got to have kids. We've got mm. to have uh, old people. I'm not talking like 50 and 60. We yeah. need 70 and 80 year olds yeah. and we need them intermingling. We need them loving one another and not competing against mm. one another. And VBS or any any ministry toward children helps to foster and, 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 and grow that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do believe that no matter how small, no matter how large the congregation is, traditional or non-traditional, there is a format of this children's ministry. Call it Vacation Bible School if you want to. There's a format of this children's ministry that every one of those churches can implement. That's right. And and I'm I'm, I'm saying that because... You look in our community, and it's done in so many different ways. That's like right. We've already talked about yeah. it. And mm-hmm. so you do not have to have a five days a week, 8 to 12.30 ministry to mm-hmm. have an effective vacation right. Bible school. So mm-hmm. I, I would say non-traditional guys uh, and, and even the smaller congregations, whatever number that is. I mean, we pastor smaller churches, yeah. but smaller congregations. Well, even this helps to foster partnerships. you got a small church of 30. Uh, there's another small church of 30 near you. There is, and I know in Neshoba County, which is a county near us, that uh, that there are some churches that do that. They right. come together mm-hmm. to have one vacation Bible school, right. and, man, that's tremendous. That's I, I just think that's a great... Isn't that what we are anyway? As cooperating a, We are cooperating churches, churches. Yeah. and so... Uh, the mission field we cooperate on, let's cooperate in on a local mission Bible field. School. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, absolutely. I think it's it's good. Uh, it's a good thing for us to engage our churches in. And so, those of us that pastor churches that are 
quote unquote larger and mm-hmm. can do vacation Bible school. I mean, we should reach out to these oh, churches, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Hey, you're not having a Bible school? Let us help you. Yeah. I know many of our churches share our materials, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and that helps churches do that. Right. So, uh, just think, I think we need to be encouragers in this ministry, not encouragers of a curriculum. Because a lot of people think vacation Bible school is a curriculum, mm-hmm. not encourage, but just encouragers of this ministry. Invest in your children when they're out of school. Mm-hmm. Find That's a good. way to do it. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, as we wrap up our conversation on vacation Bible school, uh, we want to extend a hearty thank you uh, to Brian Rushing for joining us today uh, and offering your insight on vacation Bible school. Uh, and so here at the Imperfect Church Podcast, uh, we believe in reading and we believe in the preached word. So. Uh, kind of our last little hurrah here is, uh, what are you reading, Brian? Um, I have just finished uh, 3D Gospel, um, which is uh, talking about the difference of, of sharing the gospel in different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you have to wear 3D glasses to read that book? I didn't have to, but I chose to. That's good. Good. I, I Did just... it have pop-ups? <laughs> <laughs> the only kind of book I read, brother. Um but yeah, so the 3D gospel and uh, uh, guilt, shame cultures, mm-hmm. uh, fear cultures. Um, so how do we, here in the West, how we, uh, we're we focused mainly on guilt versus justice and what mm-hmm. God does to uh, to relieve our guilt. But other cultures such as uh, in the East and the Orient, uh, in Oriental cultures where it's more of a shame and honor culture mm-hmm. um, or in uh, even more difficult situations where there's still animistic uh, worship, where it's a power fear culture. And yeah. so the, the gospel answers all of those mm-hmm. three. So I just finished that and just about to pick up uh, friendship in the margins, which is uh, also about missions. So from a missionary friend of mine who asked me to read those two. How about that? John, what are you reading? Nothing new. Nothing new. No, faith, <clears throat> I, I just picked up again, finding faithful elders and deacons by the guy's name that I can't pronounce. Tabidi. And a wheeling? That's the best <laughs> if idea. you say so, man, That's pretty good. You guys, that finding faithful elders and deacons or deacons and elders, mm-hmm. uh, man, it is a trip. It's by Nine Marks. Mm-hmm. Nine Marks, of course, produces a lot of really good stuff. But finding faithful elders and deacons, uh, it, it, it just lays out the qualifications that we find in First Timothy. And so I've been rereading that this week. And so it's, it's uh, my recommendation. Pick it up, man. Pick it up. What boring are you reading? I am I am not reading a boring book. I don't read boring books, John. Um, I just finished uh, The Gospel and Adoption. Uh, oh, yeah. With, I read uh, that. It's great. Russell uh, Moore? Man, 100 pages. Uh, uh, if you if there's any 100-page book that I think all of our congregants need to read, that's it. Russell Moore, Andrew Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's put out by the ERLC. They have several in the series, The Gospel and Blank. Right. Uh, and this one is on adoption and just uh, s- the scope of the biblical adoption, uh, how 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 that idea that that theology uh, goes all the way through the scripture and then how it applies practically in our churches. Yeah. So I just finished that one and I'm currently reading uh, Kingdom Come, the amillennial and interpretation uh, by Sam Storms. Uh, I'm, I'm about a hundred pages into that. It's a fantastic book, yeah. and y'all should pick that up. Y'all really should. Yeah, we need um, to. It, it, uh, it's not a book Have that a you book want. It's not a book that you need to leave behind. 
I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so Brian, what are you preaching? What are you preaching, Brian? Uh, we just finished the Sermon on the Mount, and so we're starting Daniel, uh, the the historical narrative portion of Daniel. Using um, Beth Moore study? Not this time. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, Daniel chapter 1, this Sunday. So, Dan, beginning Daniel. That's good. That's good. What well, Ryan has been in Matthew for like six years. You didn't even listen to our so, last podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm on course, Psalm 99. I am a summer in the Psalms, right? But then he's coming back to Matthew That's right. again. And uh, and I, I'm still doing deacon ministry. So I'm going to do Jude when I finish deacon ministry. That'll take you a, at least a year. Yeah. <laughs> that'll get me through the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jude will. And then, uh, so that's that's where I am. One more. So we, we elect, select. Ever how you want to say it, deacons this Sunday. Okay. So uh, after we do that, then I'll move on to Jude. Mm. And speaking of our next episode, we want to encourage all of our listeners to head over to iTunes. Uh, give us a five-star review. Uh, let us know what you think about the show. Uh, please continue to send us any questions, any topics you want us to address. Uh, we are learning as we go, as Brian has found out today. Um, we are by far not perfect, but just like the church, one day we will be perfected in glory. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we are looking forward to that. And so this wraps up our second episode of the Imperfect Church Podcast, and we will meet back with you again unless the church is perfected in glory. <laughs>